Say something. Hello and welcome to the Theatrical Cut podcast where we talk about films. This week we'll be talking about women. Welcome to another episode of Too Much Time on Our Hands, The Theatrical Cut. I'm Sonia, and as always, sat opposite me with a face for radio is Terry. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Terry. Um, this week, we're talking about women and all the good things that women do. And the bad things that they do in some cases. Okay. Um, bringing it down to earth. Bringing it down to earth, yeah. Hashtag me too. <laughs> So, um, last episode, uh, if you remember, at the end we uh, we picked a subject out of the hat. It was a subject that I put in. Um, I called it girl power, just a little play on words, um, because I wanted us to talk about uh, female-led films, uh, specifically um, multiple female leads. So, um, ensembles is really what I was looking for, but we decided to sort of pretty much look at anything that was two plus, maybe. Um, so we're going to be talking about all things um, girl related with regards to films but first of all we are going to start off with our weekly roundup as per. Uh, do you want to lead off? You look like you've watched a lot. I mean I've watched a few. It's, it's what I do. List. Is that your letterboxed? Yeah. Mine doesn't look like that. This is if you go into your weekly activity, break it down by activity. I didn't know you could do that. Technology at your fingertips Sonia. Um, Gives you a nice list. So yeah, so I've watched a few. So when we first pulled Girl Power out of the hat, we weren't exactly sure how it was going to run. So I basically raided my wife's DVD collection. I mean, and for once with this podcast, I watched some films with my wife. Normally I'm waiting for her to piss off to bed so that I can watch <laughs> films about vampires and all sorts. But I actually no, got I to watch some films with the wife. So I started off with... Uh, and I won't talk about that. So I watched Mona Lisa's Smile. Now, see, I saw that on your letterbox, and I was so chuffed um, that you had watched that one. Why would I be chuffed that you'd watched that one? Julia Roberts? No. No idea, then. Tori Amos. Oh, she do a soundtrack on it, did she? I, I believe she actually appears in the film playing a song. I might be wrong, because I've only watched it once, and I have it in my collection because she's in it. But yeah, she does at least one song. I mean, I, I, mean, I didn't hate it. I very much... I don't know, there was just, it's obviously set around the 50s, women are trying to find their place, Julia Roberts plays a teacher, and pretty much everyone who she's teaching is female, she teaches art, all they're worried about is doing a little bit of school, finding a husband, getting married, knocking out some kids, and that's it, and she wants them to strive for more, and basically they're all, they're, at the start they're all horribly brattish, the biggest one being Kirsten Dunst who's oh all, she is a brat though who's already engaged and waiting to get married uh, and then you've got Julia Stiles Maggie Gyllenhaal um, and another one uh, Gina for Goodwin I think she's in Once Upon a Time yeah is she in that yeah oh so they're like the main ones although there is a big cast and so yeah it's about her pushing against the boundaries the Teach the other teachers and the like, authority of the school not really liking her pushing the making girls think about no I could I could have a job as well as being married how dare they exactly um, 
So it was it wasn't dreadful. So I just found possibly because they were just doing their job very well. They were just very annoying, like the girls in it. But that was what they were trying to do. Um, but a perfectly enjoyable film. I gave it three out of five. Um, Is that one of Gemma's? Yes. Yeah, another one that's in the uh, the CD wallet of. Can Doom. you um okay? Can you tell? Um, do you want to tell the listeners about how how do you file your uh, movie collection? Uh, oh, so I have two cabinets: one for Blu-ray, one for DVD, and they're just in alphabetical order. Not a strict alphabetical order. I spent too many years at HMV dying over that, so it's just A B C D, not A A A B. Uh, I have a separate shelf just for my Doctor Who's, and they're in date order. Okay. Obviously, but everything else is just in alphabetical order. Um, so similar, I've got um, because I've I've moved recently and I've got less space. I've I've got a much uh, smaller space to rack my movies. So at the moment, I have all my Disney and Pixar, which are in alphabetical order. All my stuff is alphabetical and it's strict. Um, I have DVDs and then Blu-rays underneath. I did toy with the idea of having strict alphabetical. DVDs and Blu-rays mixed, but it meant I had Cars. I remember. One. I remember having a conversation it about that. It was such a time. <laughs> Sorry, but it meant I had Cars one um, on DVD and then Cars two and three on Blu-ray next to each other, and it just it messed me up too much. Yeah. So strict DVD, strict uh, Blu-ray, and exactly the same. What do you do horror. with sequels that don't have the same name? They. So like the child play films, you got child play one, two, and three. And then they become types like Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky. No, Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky would come under Charles Play One, Two, Three. Yeah. So that is what I've done. Yeah, um, and that's that's right and proper. Um, <laughs> and this is going to be an hour long podcast. About <laughs> just around one. filing, yeah. And then, but everything is strict. Um, how are your wife's um, DVDs and Blu-rays filed, Terry? So. I oh, know I'm actually getting of, acid indigestion thinking about some it. Some of them are a part of the general collection, so they're just in my A to Z. But which little, ones are lucky enough to make it into the what, like a shared A to Z? Yeah, ones that we both like, or like newer ones. So basically, when Gemma went to university, and then also when we moved into our flat as it is now, Gemma went through all of her movies. We both had clear outs. So I gave a load to Kex. I sent a load off to Music Magpie. There were some that Jem couldn't bear to part with but wasn't that fussed about, so she put them in a CD wallet and threw away the cases. Threw away the cases. And I hasten to add, there is no order to them in the cases. What? If there's a series, so all her Sex in the Cities are in this thing. They're in order. But, yeah, there's no alphabetising or anything. Does she have any CDs? Not really, no. Oh. She she had a similar thing, but I think we got rid of those, or we've only got a little one left. But she actually tricked me when she moved to university. She said, oh, yeah, I'll keep the cases. I just want to take... Like, I can't take all the cases with me to university, so we'll just put them in this case. And while I wasn't there, she then threw all the boxes away. Good God. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. Now that we've got that out of yeah, our so system... Yeah, so Mona Lisa Smile came out of the, ca- the cabin of doom. Um, <laughs> the cabin of misery. And then the next one I watched, which was also with a similar line, again from the Cabin of Doom, uh, The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants, which is very much aimed at young women slash teenage girls. It's about four girls who miraculously, despite the fact being different sizes, so you've got the only one whose name I know is Blake Lively. The other one was the girl in Ugly Betty. Um, yeah. Very different sizes. This miraculous pair of jeans fits all of them perfectly. So for this one summer, they're all going off into different places. Blake Lively's going off to Mexico to play football. Uh, girl from Ugly Betty's going to see her dad who she doesn't see someone's going to Greece to see their extended family and someone's staying at home 
they basically decide that one of them will have the pair of pants for a couple of weeks and then fold it onto the next one with a letter about how their summer's going and it sort of interweaves their four stories of what happens. And it's Why basically... are they sharing the pants? Because they're so well, let's amazing. Let's call them by their proper name. Jeans. Trousers. Okay, jeans or um, trousers. Because they're just so amazing and they fitted all of them so they felt they had to share and them. And I they can um, clarify, Terry might not realise this, it's very difficult as a woman to find a pair of jeans that fit. It's difficult for a man in my stats to find a pair so of jeans. So possibly properly. if I found a pair of uh, magic pants, trousers, jeans, um, that fitted me perfectly. Um, You'd fight them to the death for I, I might be inclined to share them with someone else. Yeah, yeah so that is the premise. To say, like not aimed at me at all as a uh, viewer. Again, wasn't massively bored, but I wasn't as into it as I was with other films. Were you perhaps watched. looking at your phone whilst it was on? There is a high chance I was playing Words with Friends on the iPad. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, then, slight change in tack, I watched Doom Asylum, which is an Arrow Blu-ray. With Gemma? No, obviously oh. not. This was after she'd gone to bed times. Um, this is fucking awful, but in all the right ways. So, it has got to have been deliberately made to be shit, because the acting is so poor, but like the characters are so poor. Like One guy, literally, his whole shtick is that he can't make up his mind, and he'll literally go, yeah, I'm going to go over there, or am I? And that's literally how he is in the film. It has a young Kristen Davis from Sex and the City in it. Okay. She spends the entire time in a blue bathing suit Seems and some it. big old glasses. But yeah, it's just these these four people decide to go to a dilapidated mental asylum for a picnic. Seems reasonable. As you would. There's also some like punk rock trio of girls practicing their songs there. And there's also a man who, in the prologue to the film, we see him, him and his wife or partner driving off, having a horrendous accident. She dies. He's horribly maimed. Uh, and he's now living in this asylum and just starts picking them off one by one. Some of them, it's like drills through the head, but like I proper, think. shitty, schlocky, like uh, practical effects. Mm. And yeah, just very shittily enjoyable. Sounds amazing. Um... And then, so again, on the same vibe, not sure what we're going to do. I watched the Ghostbusters, I don't know what you call it, reboot, rehash, yeah. the female-led one, which got a lot of shit, and Rob messaged in and just said he hated it. Not because they were women, just because he didn't like the day-glow effect they've given it. Whereas, not who? Not my Rob? No, my Rob. Oh. Um, so obviously the originals are quite dark, quite gritty, whereas this has like sort of neon colours. He, as he described it, it's made for the Nickelodeon that, that generation, but they swear a lot, so it's not really for kids, but... I thought it was enjoyable. I'm not massively sanctimonious about the original no. Ghostbusters. They're good. I enjoy them, but they're not like the greatest films ever made, in my opinion. I loved the remake. That yeah. was really good. One of fun. the few Melissa McCarthy films I can stomach. Well, isn't that a relief for all of us? But actually, yeah. when you say that we weren't quite sure how we were going to uh, do our sort of um, lists of favourite films, like the, the Ghostbusters remake, remake slash reboot would have fitted perfectly because it's a female yeah. ensemble cast. But I'm going to assume that as you're talking about it now, yeah. it didn't make it into a It's not five. made any of my lists, no. Okay. It would be a notable mention because like, that's the second time I've watched it. Thoroughly enjoyed it both times. Uh, I think the four women in it are really good. Really like Kate, is it McKinnon? Yeah, she's in that new film with Scully, isn't she? Yes, and she's like a Saturday Night Live person. The Beyonce of the government. Yes. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that. I would recommend that. Watch it again. I've seen that one. <coughs> Uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, I also watched. So, I've seen it. So we weren't sure whether we'd count that, and I was sure that there were. And there are multiple women in it, and it is, 
I think it would count under our guidelines for this podcast because mm. you've got, um, as she's known in the first one, The Bride. Yeah, that's, uh, what's her face? Yeah, you've got Uma, you've got Daryl Hannah, Lucy Liu, Vivica Fox, I think it might be. I might be being mm. horrendously racist here and getting confused. Um, but yeah, so you've got like four main women. That's like the main, she has fights with all three of those throughout the film, basically. Okay. Um, Kill Bill 2, not so much, and I haven't watched that. I really enjoy it. There's some great bits in Kill Bill 1 where it goes into a massive anime section. Yeah. There's a bit of backstory, which is quite nice just to mix it up. But yeah, I give that four out of five. It's Tarantino. You know what you're getting from Tarantino. There is some schlock in there. Uh, and then the next one was a cinema visit together, Sonia. We went to see The Equalizer 2. Yeah. Starring Denzel. Denzel. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought... I mean, I think we spoke on the way out. The middle was amazing. We did speak on the way out. That was me you were speaking to. Thank fuck. I thought my cataracts were playing up again. So yeah, the beginning is just setting everything up, as most films do. The middle was brilliant, and I felt it lost a bit in the third half. Third half? Hey, yeah. <laughs> in the, the third, third half. That'll be the drugs. <laughs> the last third. But then I hadn't seen anything about this film, and since watching it, I've now seen the trailers. And I feel like the trailers completely ruined the third act. I think I like the trailers. Just It's a completely different it film. It doesn't appeal to me. I, no. I saw a trailer for it today and it didn't appeal to me at all. And I'm so glad we just went to watch it. Yeah. We went on an unlimited screening. It was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's not out yet, um, I don't think. Yeah, we went to an unlimited screening. I haven't seen Equalizer, the first one. I'm sure I have That's haven't. what it's called. Equalizer, the first one. The first one. one. Um, I, I'm fairly sure I haven't seen that. Um... But it might just be one of those like generic action films yeah. that I've just sort of like filed under forgettable. Um, I thought the first one was very good as well, to be fair. I agree. The middle hour was really good. I was like really entertained. The first, the first bit I thought was fine. You know, it was okay. Him like mooching around in his yeah. car. He's basically like an Uber driver, isn't yeah. he? Um, and doing all of that. And I and I thought that was there was some nifty little bits like on the train yeah. um, in Turkey. I enjoy, I enjoyed those bits. Middle hour was brilliant. I was like on the edge of my seat. And I was just like, yeah, these fights are amazing. I love it. And then, like you say, um, the third half um, <laughs> was um, was um, just I thought just a bit like very hmm. generic. Yeah, it, it, it done like, all these different things, and then it was just like, oh yeah, they've got the kid because that's in the trailer, so that's not a spoiler. Yeah, they've got, they've got the kid. You've got to come and get him. They miss out a massive chunk of like what drives the film on, which I guess is kind of cool that that's not in the trailer, so that mm. potentially would take you by surprise, although it was telegraphed a mile off, if you ask me, mm. in that film. But, I mean, the things I liked the most was just the action, not the end bit, because the end bit just lost me. It was, yeah. I thought it was quite poor CG, like for the water and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I just, I just didn't like that setting. So, so, basically, there was a storm. Yeah, they end up on an island in a storm, so there's a lot of fog, there's a lot of mist. Yeah, and it just... I kind of just thought... Why a trained they... sniper takes up a very poor position, if you ask why, me. Why are they doing this? But um, before that, all like, the fighting, so like the bit where he goes up to that, those like yuppies, I guess they are, like the Wall Street people. Oh. It's the way he fights people because it's so minimal but so devastating. So mm. it is catch a punch, smack, snap their arm. It's mm. not do-do-do-do-do, oh yeah, we're going to look good. It is just bang, you're down. Like you cut someone with their credit card. Oh yeah, but it was like a Yeah, it was like a, a titanium one. But yeah, literally like... There's about 15 compound fractures in that fight because he's literally just bang, smash, bang, yeah. smash. And I love how just direct and to the point his fighting style is. And there was, so there was four of us that went to see it, Terry and I and two members of the fan club. Um, and we let them sit in the middle as a treat. So it was like a 
theatrical cut sandwich for them. Um, and we were talking across them. Yeah, but well, actually we weren't. So Terry wouldn't have seen my reaction when um, there's a, a fight scene, like Terry says, where Denzel goes and uh, beats up this group of yuppies, and he gets that guy's hand, and he basically oh god, them. yeah, he grabs two fingers in one hand, the other two fingers in the other, and he's just holding them, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and so he's making threatening the guy, yeah. and you just know that he's going to pull the fingers. Apart. I thought we were going to like, see his hand ripping hard. So and I was hiding behind my hands uh, because I was just like. Ooh, I'm not going to be able to because I just stuff like that just yeah no that was very tense because it is like I think everyone was doing that sort of twitchy looking through one eye like what's he going to because it's like is he just going to snap him because I generally thought we might see his hands split but he obviously just just, broke the fingers but it still didn't sound great did it but I say I solid solid three out of five for me say the end let it down I'd definitely buy it like five for thirty blu-ray um, I did I, really yeah, enjoy. I don't need it for my collection. The first one had more drive in it and more. I'm kind. I kind of want to. I want to watch yeah. the first one now. Just said I could have brought it. Oh, I didn't, didn't know. Didn't know you had it. Because the thing that's not really talked about in this film so much is hinted at, but it's hinted at more in the first film is that he's got OCD. Um, I think that was hinted at by the so way he's straightening things up. Yeah, but in the first film, that's much more of a thing. Like he oh. probably like gets antsy about things not being in the right order and stuff like that. Whereas in this, obviously, he seemed like polishing his apples. Uh, not a euphemism. Uh, I polish my apples. <laughs> That's um, a euphemism. Um, <laughs> are we finished with the equaliser? Yeah, yeah, move on. I think, if anything, I think we spoke about it too much. <laughs> for an uh, average so then those will be coming up later. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I so, went to watch it this, this morning. So I saw it on Wednesday with the wife. Sonia got annoyed. Um, I was <laughs> Uh, so obviously the twentieth film in the Marvel universe. Is now. it really? Yeah. In ten years, they've knocked out twenty films. Wow, that is amazing. It is indeed, and not. I mean, two of them are crap, but the rest of them are two. Yeah. So for me, Iron Man two, Incredible Hulk. Okay. Bottom of the pile. Um, so, what did you think of this one, Son? Not being a Marvel aficionado. Yeah. So, well, actually, um, no, I'm not an aficionado. Whatever that word is. <laughs> I'm not really into the whole universe thing, like uh, you and uh, the um, the mother pod are. Um, but I, I do enjoy the films. Yeah. I'm not too worried about watching them in the right order necessarily, or knowing too much of the backstories and how they overlap or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure when um, Too Much Time on Our Hands did their big Marvel rundown and they put them in order, I put Ant Man in my top five um, because I feel like it's got a totally different feel and vibe yes, to the other films yeah. which is why I like Spider-Man Homecoming so much as well because it doesn't really feel like all the others um, I really really enjoyed it um, I had some good laughs going through. I, th- I think it's possibly my favourite Stanley um, cameo oh, yeah, as yeah. well and I was, it just proper made me laugh and I really really enjoy um, the character Scott I just I just think he's very subtly funny, not like... Um, it's, it's not like he's trying, is it? It's some people you get the fact they're trying to be funny, whereas he's just like talking and happens to be funny. Yeah, it just... I just found it like really enjoyable. and Just like, like with the big ants and stuff, I like that. I just... I really, really liked it. And the... Um, I mean, it's it's nearly two hours. Or just literally yeah, tickle under, just two, under hours. two hours. Just under two hours. And you know I hate long films. For me, two hours is too long. Um, but I, I was gripped. I was, I was thoroughly entertained. Well, not gripped. Gripped's not the right word. It's not that kind of film. I was entertained. You were along for the ride through. with that man, I think, yeah, rather yeah, than gripped. Yeah, yeah, Um But the end credit scene, I loved. 
Like when the end credits scene. The not, middle one or the end one? Not the one with the big ant. Yeah. Um, so you've got the one literally at the end of the film and then you've got the one right at the end of the credits. So there are two end credit uh, scenes if you go and watch it. But the first one, uh, me and Rich turned around and we looked at each other and we were just like, whoa, because I just loved it. Yeah. Because because I'm not like into the Marvel. Like, I've instantly forgotten everything that's happened in oh, all I'd, the other Marvel. Even films. I'd forgotten about that because you just you assume that it's not set at the same yeah. time and then yeah. Um. So awesome, awesome end credit scene. What did you think of it? You got to tell me you thought it was a pile of crap. Now. Yeah. Worst thing I've ever seen. Now I really Worst enjoyed it. Skyscraper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Now I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. I think because I've listened to a couple of podcasts by other people on this and. It's like Ant-Man is almost like a deliberate like palate cleanser is how they determined it because it is different. It's a bit mm. fresher. It's a bit... So the first one followed Age of Ultron, which was quite dark in its way. So that's obviously a town falling out of the sky. Iron Man creating this AI that tries to kill everyone. Um, Quicksilver dying. And then you have like this funny romp. And then this obviously follows Infinity War, which although it's set before Infinity War, it's still following it in like our minds. Yeah. So again, it's it almost feels like a lesser film just because it's up against that. And if you think about like the last few films that have come out, like Ragnarok, Infinity War, Black Panther, I don't think it's up there in terms of those. No. But it is incredibly enjoyable. I don't think I've, other than Ragnarok, it's the most I've laughed in the cinema for a long time. Uh, I thought the relationship between him and his like I guess probation officer, I really like their banter with each other. Um. Yeah. Maybe. I'm, a bit which is like, oh, you're going to ask me out for dinner? No, of course not. Where do you want to get dinner? <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a bit... Yeah, I just found that character a bit too dorky. Like, when he was trying to do the card tricks and stuff, I wasn't yeah. so keen on him. But um, And obviously Louise is a, a lovely character to have along for the ride. His the mate. main... Um, Louise? Yeah, his mate. Who does the... So, it was like this, and it was like that. And she was like, whoa! Oh, yeah. Michael Pena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Louis, not... Oh. Yeah, when you said Louise, I thought you meant like a girl. Um, but I see what, yeah, I see That's what you his mean name. now. Yeah, I thought all three of those in the... <laughs> yeah, uh, no, the Bubba Yeager stuff was quite cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously the stuff set in the school. Obviously we won't go too much spoiler, but this bit in the school. Oh, <laughs> That's um, the bit that had me lolling the most. I can imagine, yeah, because it reminded me of another scene from another superhero film that was out recently. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, I think possibly he might go underrated throughout this film. I thought Michael Douglas is brilliant and it just because most of it is just his reactions to people. Like when yeah. they go into the office with Louise and that and his face is just like, just what like the fuck at, am yeah. I doing here? And that little bit with Scott where it's just like, how are you? Did you have a good day? Yeah. And it's just... Do you want a juice box and some sweet yeah. cheese? Just, Do you have some? <laughs> yeah. I just thought... He was just so good in it and just say so it was just all of it was just like little looks to the camera of just like, what have I got myself into again? And um, Michelle Pfeiffer, smoking hot still. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Like, and she walks over and whips off that hood. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, she looks amazing. Um, but I don't think anyone's in it. anyone in it is bad. I think Evangeline Lilly's very good as the Wasp. She's got some great action scenes. She's almost like the action hero in this one because Scott's almost just like bumbling around in the background. Yeah. Um, I thought she was good, and I thought the other um, the other Ghost. woman in it as well was. I quite liked the idea of that character. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing this film was missing was like a proper villain. Yeah, because she wasn't really she, a villain. And then you've got Walton Goggins, Sonny Birch, two great names. One of them a real name, one of them made up. So okay, but not really a villain. Yeah, I. D- 
And you he could almost sort of look at, me. say, the probation officer is kind of the villain, but I just don't think it had a Yeah, proper... it didn't really have a villain. It was more just sort of like about saving another good person, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was um, saving Janet, Scott not getting caught out, not being at home. Because obviously that, that's that lovely montage with the ant impersonating all of these things, and you see a giant ant in a bath. Yeah, and playing the drums. Um, I, I I really, really enjoyed it, though. Um, I, went to a, I went to watch it at midday today, which is a an amazing time to go to the cinema. It was so quiet. And when we turned up, the foyer was full of kids running around oh, screaming. God. And I suddenly it. thought it was a 12A. And I said to Rich, I was like, shit, what's a 12A? And he said, I think kids under 12 can come in as long as they got a parent. Yeah. Because we looked around us and I was just like, oh, no. Because there were lots of screaming kids. I was just like, no, 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 no. We went in and I think there was only um, two kids in there. Beautiful. Um, and there was probably about twenty people in the screen altogether, um, so it, it was it was just perfect. Um, I, I just I just found it really enjoyable. I thought it looked really nice as well, especially mm. when they go into the the quantum realm. Yeah, like really nice colours. And I I'm not into three D, but I think it would probably look good in three D. Yeah, the quantum um, realm in Doctor Strange looks very good in three D. I just I just thought it was visually very nice. Uh, nice. Mixture of action and comedy, um, and, yeah. as, and as much as I hate to say it, probably quite enjoyable if you did want to take kids to the cinema because it wasn't really that. Oh no, there's no swearing. There's no like. I mean, it's actually one of the few marvels. There is no death in this film. Oh. Well, oh, wow. until you get to the credits, um, no one dies. Mm. Even like the big bad, like Sonny Birch, he gets arrested at the end as opposed to. Like, beaten yeah. to a pulp or anything like that. But you know, the post-credit sting is a. Is a whopper. Is a mm. doozy. But yeah, no, a very good film. Did you call it a sting because there's uh, a wasp in it? No, but that would have been an excellent pun had I meant it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, I watched You Were Never Really Here. <gasps> have you got that? Yeah. Oh, what? Bloody hell. You didn't offer me that. You offered me bloody Doom Asylum, which you've just said is a pile of shit. You never no, told I me didn't. I that. said it was good. It's on my bloody letterbox. Apparently you're stalking me on there. If you'd, I'm not If you'd have kept up to you. date on it. I saw you saw Mona Lisa. So I'm furious that you haven't got. Go home and pick it up for me now. I think I texted down the other day. I said, Are you buying this? I want to watch that. Oh no, I got that when it first came out. Because it's a weird thing with HMV. It's got a black box. Uh, yeah, because I've got it on DVD, not Blu-ray. Type B. Well, I, I wasn't sure because basically with HMV.com, if it's over a tenner, you get free delivery. It's under a tenner, so I always end up buying two things. So I ordered like the Death of Superman and this, just so I got the free delivery because I knew I'd want to see it. But yeah, I'll bring it for you next time. That's no, really enjoyable. It is quite odd. So you've got Joaquin Phoenix plays Joe, who's an ex-vet who he's almost like, not like a gun for hire. He has a strict thing of he will help you find people that have been taken. It's not like he'll a do whatever. A vet or a veteran soldier. A veteran soldier. Okay. He's not traumatized from helping horses. I was thinking. What, he went from, like, putting dogs down to putting people down? No, so, yeah, so it, it's particularly, if someone has been taken, so throughout the film it tends to be young girls that have been taken, and he'll go and find them. If you want, he will hurt the people involved, or if you just want the person back, he will just bring the person back. And we follow him on a successful mission, and then we follow him on a mission that goes slightly awry, and it's how he deals with that. But he has a lot of thoughts. He's basically got PTSD, so he's having a lot of thoughts, mm. and there's a lot of stuff that happens that's not real that then we flash back to like reality and there's a degree of what's real what's not real that we're seeing kind mm. of thing very very good what did you give it 
Uh, I gave it three, I think. Three? That's not very good. That's the, average. The weirdest... I mean, the thing that you'll like the most, it was weird because I was watching it and it just ended. It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. <gasps> it just sounds like my kind of film. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half with credits, but literally, like, it finished. And I was just like, that can't have finished. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. And then I pressed the old display button. Yeah, we're on one hour 20. I um I didn't get around to watching it, funnily enough, because I was watching too many long films, but one of the uh, films in my box of blood... Uh, was 80 minutes long. That's the same, beauty. isn't it? Out yeah. of time minutes. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So no, that was a very good film. I enjoyed it. I would recommend and I will bring it, sit, bring it next time I see you. Yeah. Right, you done? That's me, apart from the films that I'll talk about later. I watched, so I purchased um, a film after listening to the guys on the Arrow video podcast to go on about it. And after watching The Mercy and really liked it, I bought Crowhurst, which... I couldn't see playing any cinemas near here. No, I'm I think not that even was seen sure as the poorer cousin, wasn't it? I'm not even sure it got a theatrical release. Um, but it came out or was made at the same time as The Mercy. Do you remember that it used to happen all the time? There'd be very similar films out at the same time. Yeah. So I don't it's know if it's like an anniversary anymore. or something. But anyway, so another film about Donald Crowhurst, um, but a very sort of like low-budget independent film. Um, I it's only available on DVD, hence why I bought it on DVD, not Blu-ray. Um, I I enjoyed it. The, um, I enjoyed the Mercy as well. The Mercy has got Colin Firth and Rachel Weisz. Yes, in it, and is like the glossier version. And you know, yeah, the the story's the same because essentially. If you don't know the story, Donald Crowhurst, um, it's set in the 60s, Donald Crowhurst decided to try and sail around the world solo as part of a competition. To get this, um, the prize was £5,000. Wow. <laughs> was like in the 60s, that's huge. But no, you just that's think, an unthinkable amount of money in the 60s, isn't it? Think, you think, who'd, who'd sail around the world for five grand? But then it's set in the 60s, so so few people did try Um but he he goes missing, so his boat's found. Um, and this isn't spoilers because it's based on a true story. His uh, boat is found, but he never has been, so it's assumed he's lost at sea. Um, and the story is put together from the diaries that he kept, so the, st the stories are very similar. I think what Crowhurst, the film, displayed infinitely better than Mercy did was... First of all, him going mad uh, from loneliness and possibly sun exposure on the boat, but also the utter tedium that he must have felt just sailing for days and on days and days on your own and for the first part of the journey on very calm seas. So he's not even getting the speed up that he wants. Um, he's sailing, but not any great lick, but there's no... He doesn't really have to do anything. He's just sort mm. of sat there and there's lots of repetitive scenes where they're almost just sort of like playing it on a loop and I thought it just showed really well how boring it must be mm. um and then he, he starts to go a, a bit mad um cabin fever I guess if you like um um which I, I do think that the mercy showed a little bit as well but I just thought that Crowhurst showed so much better him going mad and being bored um if I'm honest, it's one of those films that I will watch once and appreciate it for what it was, but it's not one that I'd stick on on a Sunday afternoon. Really 
No, whereas the Mercy, I probably would because... Just because it's got Colin Firth in it. And Rachel Weisz, but also because I do like that kind of... Like, yeah, I like a film that looks a bit rough around the edges, but I think I like the glossier finish with regards yeah. to the Mercy. But I, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch the Mercy Have you seen All Is Lost? It's a film with Robert Redford where it's him at sea on his literally no. the whole film is just him on his own. I do I do want to see that. That's, That's very the, yeah. I've got that as well. I've uh, oh, I'm <laughs> the worst. Um but no, I've seen that and thought um, no, that's I think you've told good. me about that before. Mm. Um, but Crowhurst, I think if you're interested in the story and you've seen The Mercy, I do think it's definitely worth watching to sort of like compare the I've two. I've not seen either. Um, I think The Mercy is worth a watch as well. Um, then I went to see a Back to the Future trilogy at our beloved Prince Charles. Um, and I could not go again. What put the Back to the Future films in order of preference? I don't know, it's tough. As a kid, I love the third one yeah. because of the Western. And I thought that was amazing. I would probably say two, one, three, but... Jeffrey Dahmer's door number. I'd probably um, say two is top, but then one and three are probably about equal. I don't think I could pick one. But I love how two backtracks across one. Yeah. I think that's really clever. Um, so, contrary to popular um, opinion, the third one is my favourite. I know a lot of people... I wouldn't disagree with that. A lot of people consider that the weaker of the three, and the second one is my least favourite. and always has been. And watching it at the cinema didn't change my opinion on the fact that I love number three and number one way more over number two. Um, but I preferred watching number two at cinema. So I've seen Back to the Future... I've probably seen Back to the Future three the most. I've seen Back to the Future one countless times, because who hasn't? I've probably only seen Back to the Future two a couple of times. Um, mm. And bear in mind, I used to live with someone who loved those films. So they were films that were kind of on high rotation. Yeah, so I'm sure house. I remember I watched one because just after the Blu-ray came out, I was at your house and we watched, I think, the first one together. Yeah, I'm, they were just films that were always on high rotation in our house. So. I remember always getting the third one from the video man who used to come around by the village and literally just like you'd open his van, there'd be a load of videotapes. I love the third one and I still love the third one. Um, it was a real treat to watch all three oh, I can imagine. back to back. Um, they're all just, they're all sort of between, I would say, like hour and 40, hour and 55. Yeah, they're not long, they're long. not long. They're not massively long, um, so it, it works really well. And I think it started at like midday or something like that, so it was, it was a nice early finish as well. Um, and it made me want to, because I don't own, um, I don't own them. As I said, I used to live with someone who owned them, so I didn't need to own them. But now, as I came out, I did say to the others, I need to just buy the Blu-ray box set. It must just be dead cheap now. I just don't like the Blu-ray box set. It's in one of those really cheap, flimsy boxes. You oh, know I've when, got the original one, so it's like quite a wide cardboard you know rollout. You know when the discs rattle around? Oof. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll probably look out for a nicer box. I went with uh, Dan from the Mother Pod. Um, Rob, super fan yeah. of the pod. And Rich, member of the fan club. So yeah. that was a nice little um, theatrical cut day out. You look really sad that you weren't there. No, I was very sad. Jem was out, so I was doing daddy duties, which was also fun. But yeah, it would have been cool to see those on the big screen. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do it again. It's, mm. it's good. Nice little triology to watch. Right, and then, this is important, <laughs> I'm going to say next. Um, I, I watched a double bill at home. On the on the telly, just through there. She pointed for the, yeah, point, you can't see. <laughs> for the purposes of radio. I just pointed at the telly. Um, a film that Dan brought round, Dan from the Motherpod. Um, oh, I think I know which one you talk about yeah. now. Arrow. Yeah. So Dan um, 
Dan heard about this, I think, on the uh, Kermode and Mayo podcast, and I heard about it on the Arrow podcast, and I did an episode devoted to it, which I have only just listened to because it was massively spoilery. Um, and a film came into... Uh, I saw the cover of a Blu-ray uh, called Endless, and I the cover took my eye straight away, and I took a picture of it to sort of prompt myself to look it up and buy it. Um, because sometimes I think you can tell by the cover that something might be your yeah. cup of tea. Um, so Endless is a film about two brothers who escape a UFO death cult. If you buy the Blu-ray of Endless, it also contains the film Resolution, which is the film that the two directors made beforehand. So the two directors are Justin Benson and Aaron Are they Moorhead. linked as films? Yes. But you could watch Endless without having seen Resolution. But the fact that they come together watch them resolution and then endless and it is i mean we watched resolution first as soon as it finished i turned around to dan and was just like that was just my cup of tea that was fucking brilliant and then we watched endless and that just tips the scales for me and you know how i feel about the phantom thread yeah it's like the film of my life you haven't lent me that either endless might be up there with film of the year for me if I see it playing at a cinema, I'm going to go and watch it on a big screen. I'm pretty sure, just to really annoy you, our, um, the Prince Charles did Resolution and Endless yeah, like a I'm little sh- while ago. Yeah, I'm sure they would have done, but if I, it is so Prince Charles. Um, but they've got another, they've, the two directors have done a third film as well, which I think they made between those two called Spring, which unfortunately is only available on DVD. I have purchased it. Um, I don't think it's connected to, to the other two in the same way that the stories link up, but there is a character that appears in the three. Um, But, I mean, it's such a fantastic story. I will just leave it at the... I mean, Resolution... um, I'm not going to tell you what they're about. You just have to watch them. If you enjoy good films, good stories, they're just brilliant. They're just brilliant. Two brothers escaping a UFO death cult. What so, more? I'll what take more it on my way out. What more needs to be said? Um, then I watched Equalizer two. Then I watched Ant Man uh, versus Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, and She'd then kick his ass. All the other films I've watched have been for the pod. Yes, although I may have watched some which didn't make my cut. So let me just have a very very quick look. Sorry about this. I'm watching. Uh, I'm looking at my phone. So the only film that I didn't watch, that I watched, which didn't make it onto the list, was because it was a female lead with some supporting, but the support wasn't. It was a one lead, and that was Muriel's Wedding. All right. Yeah. I really Tony wanted. Collette. Yeah, I I love 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 Muriel's Wedding, and if I'm honest, I just wanted to watch it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, but it wasn't. Ensemble. There wasn't another female no, character female in lead, it. Isn't it? Yeah. There wasn't another female character in it, which I think shared the burden of the lead as enough to um, to really share. I mean, possibly her mate, uh, whose I name seen escapes it for a long me. Time. I want to say Rhonda, but I don't think that's. We're going to guess it's Sheila. <laughs> um, but her mate who ends up in the wheelchair, but she just wasn't in it quite enough. But Muriel's Wedding, what a brilliant... Have, considering we've just seen Hereditary recently with Tony Collette yeah. in it, 
I don't know. People may dismiss Muriel's wedding. I don't know. But watching it again recently, Tony Collette is still. Um, she she's just amazing. Oh, she's a great actress. Um, her character of Muriel in that film is so downtrodden and sad and then happy and she just acts it so so mm. well and the scene at the wedding I've always adored the scene where they open the church doors and Abba start playing and she walks down the aisle and I don't think you've ever seen such an expression of joy on a character's face before as Muriel's face when she's her dream has come true. She's walking down the aisle. She's getting married. Fucking Abra playing. And it's delightful. And that's all. Sort of, but it didn't make it into my... Uh, it didn't make it into any yeah, of my... It's that good cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, toes. Um, so that's that. That's our weekly roundup. Two that weekly is. roundup. Our two weekly roundup, yeah. Um, been a good couple of weeks. Uh, so... Do we want to move just because it's telling us about to start raining? Or it is raining? No. Let's leave it unless it gets thunderous. That little pitter patter, if you can hear it, that's the weather. Okay. I, I was going to say Dan could cut that bit out, but well, that's, that's out for Dan rain. to sort out. That's no, Dan's just problem. Us talking about it, but yeah. Um, just a thought. If you can hear rain, we apologise. If it gets torrential and it really thunders on the roof, because we're back in the conservatory, because. Yeah, for the first time in months. In, for, for the first time in months, it's actually not like the inside of an oven in here. We're actually not combusting just by sitting in here. So. We're talking about women, uh, we're talking about female-led films. Um, for episode two, we're going to be talking about specifically our favourite female-led films and um, our favourite uh, females who've won Oscars and the films that they've won them for. But for now, we're going to have a, just a little chat about um, females that guarantee us to go to the cinema and watch their films. To use our cine world passes to get involved. Um, yes. And I think we compared lists, didn't we? And I don't think we got across... Oh, no, no. you've changed your list. No, haven't I you? haven't changed that. Oh, no, I have. I've added two and, yeah, I changed two out. Oh. So three that I sent you are still the same. Because one of the things... Because there's actually... There's a few I want to throw out just as people that... I think could become people, but they haven't been in that many things. Let's should we start? Let's start with those then. Yeah. So Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. So obviously she's been in the last two Mission Impossible's. She was in Greatest um, Showman. The Greatest Showman. She was in The Snowman, which I haven't seen as no, of yet. No, I haven't seen that. That's not meant to be very good. But oh, I didn't love the book. No. Um, but yeah, she seems to be a very good actress. Who? Where's she actually from? She's Swedish. Ah, oh, I thought she had a, a slight. Yeah, because she started off doing like Swedish noir, twinge. like Wallander and stuff like that, and then oh. moved into. She did her big breakup with like the White Queen or something like that. And she, has she been in Wallander? Yeah. Have you ever watched any of those? No. Really, really good. Fucking long though. Yeah. Like really long. But anyway. Yes, yeah, so she started off in that. Uh, Karen Gillan, who obviously I love from Doctor Who. She's obviously been in... But to be fair, yeah, her film... She's been in The Gardens of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Yeah. She's made a couple of rom-coms. Oculus is a film that she's in that is very good. Yeah. So I'm more drawn to her at the moment because of the Doctor Who thing, but I do feel like she's building up a bit of Where a repertoire. I, controversially, didn't enjoy her. Oh, I loved Amy. Spent. I did not. Um, but not as much as the other one. Is it one I don't like? Martha. Anyway, we're not here <laughs> to talk about Doctor Who sidekicks. Uh, and then the other one is Ruby Rose. So oh, she's okay. building up a bit of a sort of female action star which I can't she's in John Wick 2 she's in the Meg which obviously we haven't seen yet uh, she's in the Resident Evil 
She can't just, see this, but I'm making a face. She is very... making a horrible, judgy face, and she's just been cast as Batwoman for a TV series. I'm not making a judgy face. I'll tell you my problem with Ruby Rose. Um... Is it the tattoos? No. <laughs> you know I like a tattoo. Now, Ruby Rose is fit as Oh, she's fuck. a very beautiful woman. Oh, my sweet lord. And that's where her talent ends for me. I She, she is... A girl's allowed video. Pop that thing on mute. I don't think she can act. Have you, you haven't seen any of the Pitch Perfect stuff because she's in Pitch Perfect 3 and she's actually quite funny in that. Okay. She's well, in a band I'm... and the band are called Moist. Yeah, that doesn't impress me. Um, I know that in um, John Wick 2, which I haven't seen, she doesn't speak, does she? And quite a few... Very, very I limited I thought she dialogue. was deaf. No, she talks a bit at the end. But she but has, isn't like, her she... character deaf? I think so. Oh, I thought... Um, anyway, I read a few reviews that stated that she didn't speak and it was a good job because she clearly couldn't act. Um, I just... She, acting why she does nothing for me. I've only And I've only really seen trailers of things mm. with her in. It's more the film she makes, I think, could be Possibly interesting. Possibly carry her. I yeah. think more the title. but Like being in The Meg, for example. Yeah. Wasn't she in uh, Orange is the New Black? Yes. Um, I used Not to follow. I used to follow her on Instagram just for the completely shallow reason that I really liked looking at her pictures, um, and I would, I would look at them a lot. But um, yeah, I for as an actress that we. That's, get... that's why she's on a potential. It might come yeah. to nothing. It's just the film she's in are films I like, yeah, and that but... could transpire to become that I like her. Okay. I, I would argue that it's the film that's getting you into the cinema, and not necessarily. Not necessarily At the moment, that. it's a but, byproduct. Um, let's not yeah. fall out. Let's not quibble. Well, fuck, that's a terrible choice. Um, Girl um, power. Me too. Yeah. Fuck Ruby Rose. Well, she just, I just, she just doesn't fall into the same category as the other two. No. In my opinion. No, anyway. the other two are far higher. Um, and, and that's my list. That's your list. Uh, so, I, my list was very easy to compile. And you weren't really surprised by my list, were no, you? No, my top three was easy to compile. I mean, then, one of them I just said, you can have her, because I know you'll fight me to the death if I try and take her. Um, and when I when I sent the list, there was one of mine that you'd forgotten about, hadn't you? Was it yes. Kate? Yes. So funnily enough, we did a Kate Winslet pod recently, but neither of us have put her in our list. No. Um, because her last few films, neither of us went to no. cinema to see, but we do enjoy She's an actress that I enjoy, and I think she's more of a, if I saw it in Kex Going Cheap, or if it was on telly, I'd watch it, but I don't know, as obviously with the last couple we haven't seen, I don't know if there's enough drive for me to go to the cinema. Um, maybe. I, I was disappointed that I missed, I wanted to see The Dressmaker, and I wanted to see The Mountains Between Us at the cinema, I missed both of them. Um, so I did make the effort to go and see them. Well, you um, didn't, because you didn't. <sighs> I I intended to go and see them then. <laughs> Fucking prick. You know, I might have been like, oh, I'm going to go and see Mountain Betweens and stuff. Oh, I ended up in hospital with a broken leg. Ooh, you're not trying hard enough. I didn't break you didn't, my leg. You didn't, though, did you? No, but I'm just saying, sometimes life gets in the way. Um, there was a box in front of the door. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find my keys. Um, so, who, who gets used to the cinema? Right, number one, unsurprisingly to anyone who knows me, is Natalie Portman. So part of it is a lust for Natalie Portman. I think she is beautiful. She is my number one woman in terms of like sexual fantasy as well. Really? Yes, absolute number one. But I just think she makes 
interesting films and different films. Sometimes she goes down the line where she'll make a lot of drama. But if you think this is an actress who's been in the Star Wars films, V for Vendetta, Black Swan, No Strings Attached. There's lots of films that she's made that are quite different. Jackie. I just think... I've got that. I haven't watched it yet. It's on Netflix now. Oh, are you kidding me? um, Yeah, I just think she makes interesting choices. I feel like she actually makes acting choices as well. She's not... Like we spoke about, I can't remember who it was in the last pod, like Tom Cruise, where he's not necessarily acting anymore. He's just mm. playing generic action man, but very well, whereas she is bit being different people in different films. And so it's just, I mean, that said, well, I didn't see Jackie at the cinema. I wanted to. I tried my hardest, didn't make it there. Um, but yeah, I just find her very watchable. I think she is a good actress and say she makes interesting choices with her films. Um I th- just as you've been speaking, I think it'd be quite fun if you do one, then I do one, then you do yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. One. I figured um, that's how it's going to go. But um, I'm not a fan of Natalie Portman. I've got the film Jackie, and I'd quite like to see that. But um, I find her quite wooden, um, and I know how much you I'm love cutting her. such a stare right now. I know how much you love her, and I was I was discussing this with uh, Dan from the Mother Pod, <laughs> only to tell him that. I know that Terry's got Natalie Portman on his list and I really don't, like, she just does nothing for me and if anything, <laughs> I've been inclined not to watch a film because she's in it. Good start to these lists. <laughs> only because, right, you know those Star Wars films, you know the three that are just yeah. the worst things in the world? I found myself really struggling to forgive anyone who had any part in them. So I'm... It was only Train Spotting 2 that made me forgive you and McGregor. I really held um, a grudge against What him. would it take to forgive Hayden Christensen him giving you a house? <laughs> million pounds. Um, I just... Yeah, I can't... I mean, yeah, I can't defend her. She's not good I, in those films, I but no one is good in those films. And I know people defend and kind of go, oh, they were just doing what they were directed to do, but I... I just find it hard to forgive them. But anyway, moving on. Um, so number probably Terry, what Terry thought was going to be my number one. The first name that went to the top of my list is Kate Blanchett because very I, what again she I makes just, interesting choices. I just love her. Um, I just do you remember how excited we got when we saw the first trailer for Ragnarok and we saw her in her get up. Oh, we were just like, oh fuck. I'm, me I sideways. still get that excited seeing her dressed as Hella because. As, as someone, I mean, I love Loki. You know how excited I get whenever I see Loki on the screen, and then obviously she's in it as well. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm going to have to take a pad to sit on. Want <laughs> <laughs> to take a change? It's a change of pants, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, Kate, Kate uh, ticks a lot of boxes for me. Who else you got? Is that it? I don't know, what, what else do you want me to say? I thought you might talk about particular films or something. Well, no, because we're kind of going to go into that a bit later, aren't we? Okay, uh, so I've got Sandra Bullock on mine. Yeah, now, funnily enough, Lucy, um, who was our um, expert, expert. expert last week, she's got a degree in uh, vampires, um, she said Sandra Bullock as well. Yeah, again, I just think, I mean, she went through a run again where she sort of lost, not lost her way, but wasn't making particularly good films, but she's back now, obviously, Ocean's 8, I had to go and see that at the cinema. I mean, obviously, that's got a few people on your list as well. But, mm. I mean, for me, it goes back to, like, Speed. So she had a run around that time that I watched. So there was Speed, While You Were Sleeping, The Net. Mm. And I think they're all great films. Again, she mixes it up a little bit. She would do a drama like The Blind Side. She would do a shit comedy like All About Steve, 
which yeah. I haven't seen. Well, but I'd then, love to watch that. And then like a film like Gravity, which is like her on screen pretty much the entire time on her own, which she is absolutely phenomenal in. Um, yeah, I just think she's a really good actress. And the fact she's 50 and still looks absolutely she, stunning. There's just something about her. She's just really pretty, isn't she? Yeah. Um, I I agree. When At first, when Lucy said Sandra Bullock, I was like, really? But then the more I thought about it, I was just like, no, actually, that's a yeah. good shout. Because... Um, I think I've seen the first Miss Congeniality. Oh, they're Didn't great hate films, it. Yeah. Um, I think she's they know what quite, they are. I think she's quite funny. Yeah. Um, she does like you think like the Lake House while you were sleeping that sort of stuff. She does do and the proposal with Ryan Reynolds is very good as well. She does. She's quite good in like crappy rom coms. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah. I agree. She's very. Wonderful. And she seems like she'd be quite a nice person to hang out with as well. Like just to go down the pub with yeah, a few drinks. I bet. Um, then I've got what who Terry Sheen would be my number who said was mine from the get go. Yeah, uh, Charlize Theron, um, who I don't think can put a foot wrong. Really, no. I'm not entirely sure she's ever done a bad thing. Uh, you trying to think of a bad? Thing? Well, there's a film that she's in with Keanu Reeves, like oh, Clouds or something or other that looks god awful that I've not seen. But... Um. Let's dismiss that then, because yeah. Keanu's in it, but I still bet she's amazing in it. Even when she was like in the Fast and Furious films, that like shit gangster yeah. type character. Um, I she's still got like, verve to it, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, when I sort of like like an actor or actress and, you know, and I sort of get a little bit obsessed with them and I'm just like, oh my God, they're so amazing, they're so amazing. And I think the absolute peak of my um, intense love uh, for her was when she played Furiosa in yeah. Fury Road. In the film that you forgot during the quiz podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> films that Tom Hardy's been in Sonia it's like your favourite film I don't know I don't know what you're talking about um, but it's because I don't look at, at Fury Road as a Tom Hardy film it's yeah. a, it's a no. film about Furiosa um, but when I didn't think I could love a person anymore she rocks up as Furiosa and I was just like that's who With I the want shaved to head. be shaved head and the 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 oil, the oil on the top of the head, that whole look was just, oh my God, she's so, so cool. She's such a badass and so hot. And I've just realised my top two are both blondes and I generally don't go for blondes, but um, yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, who else you got? Uh, Amy Adams, isn't that? I like that list? choice. Um, so again, I'm intrigued to know why she makes interesting choices, and she's in a TV series at the moment called Sharp Objects, which I've only seen the first episode of, but I'm watching it purely on the fact that Amy Adams is in it. Okay. Um, she's like a journalist who's gone back to her hometown because there's been a murder, and she's like gone to investigate it as a journalist. But she's basically an alcoholic. Something horrible happened in her childhood. Mm. Um, but yeah, so far the first episode is suitably grim and suitably bit wacky. But yeah, like things like Arrival, which is a film that yeah. absolutely blew me away. That film, and I I haven't watched it since becoming a dad, and I feel like that film would destroy me watching it as a dad. Why? Can you not remember what it's about? Aliens, isn't it? Yeah, but like her story within that. Uh. uh... Obviously, can't remember. It's not spoiling it because it's about her daughter. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, yeah. So I haven't watched it. I have bought it, and I've just not been strong enough to watch it again. Baby. Um, American Hustle, a great film that she's in, where she played. She like it's all about Christian Bale, but she blows him out of the water like with her really subtle performance. 
even like as Lois Lane in like the Superman films with Batman v Superman, I think she's really good. Oh, I haven't seen those. Hmm? What was the Disney one she was in? in uh, Enchanted. Yeah. So yeah, that was like her breakout. I role. loved that. She yeah. sings really nicely. Live action Disney. Yeah, she sings really nicely. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, one of the neighbours just shouted, you might have heard that. Yeah, I wonder what the hell that was. Um, yeah, again, they're probably shouting at a yeah. <laughs> Just makes interesting choices and tends to be... I mean, uh, Nocturnal Animals as well, another film that she was in. That I haven't seen that good. either. I've got all these films. I bet you have. Well, you're a big fan, she's on this. Yeah, no, yeah. But yeah, so she just makes... She doesn't tend to make, like, other than the Batman films, Superman mm. films, she doesn't tend to make, like, your standard... So if she's in it, there's got to be something interesting going on. I always on. think with these um, actors and actresses that make interesting film choices I kind of feel like they're owed um, a blockbuster type film yeah um, to keep them ticking over yeah to, to give them the pay packet that they probably yeah, deserve that's what a lot of them say that, they, that keeps the money coming in and then they can do these films do where they, they get like a hundred grand also just to get the average Joe cinema viewer to give them a bit of exposure yeah, to them yeah 100% um, I think so anyway um, cool yeah I like that choice uh, and I'll probably look out for some of her other films um, number three on my list is Mel Streep. That's all I'm going to say because I don't think Doesn't I need, need to explain no. why Mel Streep's on my list. Who have you got next? Uh, so these are the two that changed since I sent you this. So I've gone for Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. Because who I was, did she replace? I can't remember who I had on my list before. I think you two, you tell about you tell us about you Margot, have a look Robbie, the chat. Margot Robbie. So have a I mean, for starters, she is beautiful. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember. Obviously, the first film I probably saw him was The Wolf of Wall Street. And I remember just coming out of the film. Obviously, it's a brilliant film. Leo's brilliant. But I was just like, who the hell was that? Because she was amazing in it as an actress and just obviously absolutely stunning in it as well. Hmm. And since then, really, I've looked at her. I think, obviously, she's one who has made some, like, franchise films. So she's Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, therefore, in the DC Universe. And I think she's the only person to come out of Suicide Squad with any credit. Mm. I think she really inhabits the character of Margot of that. Oh, yeah, so Jennifer Lawrence, she's probably replaced. <laughs> I love the way you totally lost what you were saying when I put something in front of you. Yeah, I can't do two things on my mad. I've just shown Terry a list that he sent me. And he's just like, oh, yeah. So this would probably be thing. Jennifer Lawrence, because when I looked at it for Jennifer Lawrence, there isn't actually a lot that she's made that I'm massively in love with. Whereas I feel with Margot mm. Robbie, there's more. So I really love the film Focus that she's in with Will Smith. Mm, yeah. which gets better every time you watch it because it's a bit of a heisty kind of film. Sorry, my phone wasn't on silent. <laughs> it's like a heist film, so when you watch it, you see different sides of all the arguments and stuff. And I just think, yeah, she's making reference. I'm really excited about the new Quentin Tarantino film that she's going to be in about the Manson murders. Yes. Um, that looks really, really cool. Uh, there's a film called Terminal, which has had dreadful reviews, which I think is, is basically almost come straight to DVD in this country. It's coming out middle to end August. It's which, out. Oh, it's out, out now. on Monday. Yeah, so I want to see that. It's got Brian Cox in it. Yeah, it's got like quite a decent cast. Michael Myers, Mike Myers. Yeah, it seems to have, yeah, seems to have quite a good cast, but hasn't had any sort of decent reviews. But yeah, so anything she's in, I'm interested in. Um, yeah, just... What was the other film she did? Uh, Tarzan, The Legend of Tarzan. I watched that purely because she was in it. Yeah, I think you've said that before. Uh, and again, a lot of... I don't think... She's been in some bad films, but I don't think she's been bad in any films. I think she's... Like, with Suicide Squad, she is the highlight of that film. And without yeah. her, that film would be turgid. But yeah, so yeah Margot Robbie. Um, 
Hilary Swank. Can't argue with that. Um, she. She doesn't act often, does she? She's no. quite. She's almost like a female Daniel Day Lewis. Um, of and I. I don't want to say too much because I will be talking about her later. Um, I two of her films that I saw. One of them especially because one I saw at the cinema and one I. I didn't get to see it at the cinema. Um, I saw it when it was released on DVD. But one of the films that I watched at the cinema um, like really affected me when I saw it. And sometimes you come out of the cinema and you really like think about a film and it just makes you... like You know when you come out of the cinema and you're like, happy, you might have seen a funny film or you might feel uplifted and then other films like really make you... You can't, just can't stop thinking about it. Um, and one of her films had that effect on me. I will be talking about it later, so I won't go on it too much. But I do do think her, um, some of her films and her film choices have been very good. Yeah. I really like Hilary Swank. Yeah, no, she's very good. I can't argue with that. So last on my list. So this replaced Rebecca Ferguson because I realised she doesn't really have the body of work yet for me to say. That's why I added her to the up-and-coming list. Mm. Uh, so I've gone for Jessica Chastain. Okay. Uh, so again, she's made a lot of different films. She's not actually been around that long. So like The Help was her like breakout role, which is only about eight years old. When you, if you think about her now, she seems like quite a sort of established actress. Mm. So um, there's Zero Dark Thirty in there, Lawless, uh, Mama, which was a great horror film that I'm sure we must have watched together. I'm not sure I've seen that, but maybe She's I got have. black hair. She's got a bit gothy looking. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, she just makes... Molly's game that we saw was an unlimited yeah. secret screen, in which awesome. Yeah, I actually wanted to see that, so that was that actually Result. worked out nice for me. Seeing her act, acting opposite Idris was obviously always nice to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think she's a really good actress. Again, not not a uh, why the fuck have I lost the power of speech? Not un what the fuck? Why can't I think of a word? I want to say she's pretty, but. Like she's not bad on the eye, but a better way of saying that. Attractive? Yeah. <laughs> a cracking pair of norks. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, That's the Terry we know and love. <laughs> but yeah, she just makes interesting choices. So, I mean, like she's made some random films. She was in like, the second Huntsman film, which was a bit odd. And she's in the new X-Men film, which is coming out, which doesn't seem like a Jessica Chastain role. So it'd be interesting mm. to see what's brought her into that world. But yeah, I really like her. Cool beans. Um, so, and then last on my list, it doesn't mean that she's my number five, um, Michelle Williams. Yeah, I can't. She, she was thereabouts on my list. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of like one of those actresses that I feel has like crept up on us a bit and has kind of exploded with um, Great Showman. Yeah. Uh, I'd which, say Manchester by the Sea as well. Well, I would say exploded it because, let's be honest, I think more people have probably oh, seen God, The yeah. Greatest Showman. Um, but for me, what sealed the deal was Manchester by the Sea oh, because... She's I got one scene in that which fucking destroys me. <laughs> I still think it should have won uh, Best uh, Film that year. But we won't go on about that. Um, I... Yeah, and she, she, there's, there's something very sort of like believable and like... Can't really think of a the right word, but like almost gentle about yeah. her. Do you know what I mean? She tends to play a lot of like smaller supporting characters, but yeah. like really crucial to plots. Exactly. Have crucial. you seen Blue Valentine? 
don't think I have. With Ryan Gosling, where it shows their relations, they're a couple, and it shows them as young people and old people, yeah. and sort of mixes in between. She's sort of you're seeing the breakup and the start of the relationship, and they actually like moved in together for like six months to get that hatred of each other and like to become annoyed. Mm. Ryan Gosling goes under a bit of a transformation, gets like a massive gut and stuff, mm. whereas she just doesn't look quite as pretty as she does at the but obviously still looks stunning because she's yeah. Michelle Williams. Um, just to uh, go slightly off tack, uh, slightly, because you mentioned Ryan Gosling, because I was at the cinema just a few hours ago. What do you think of that uh, new film? First Ryan? Man. Yeah. I've seen I'm the trailer sure. a couple of times. I don't know. I'm intrigued because it's Damien Chazelle who mm. did Whiplash and La La Land, but it's not something that screams film to me. But no. then I don't really know... By the looks of the trailer, a lot of stuff happened before the launch. Problems with the machinery, people bickering, so maybe it'd be... I'm not sure how I feel about Ryan Gosling in that kind of role. Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I mean, I don't know what it Neil Armstrong's snazzy, like. It doesn't seem snazzy enough. But then I don't think someone like that would be snazzy. No, Because he must have been a nerd to be an astronaut. No, 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 I'm not sure. The, the trailers that I've seen, he doesn't seem very gripping. Like, nothing is... Normally, mm. if I see Ryan Gosling, I'm just like, oh, what is this? I want to see it. But I don't That's feel that way. That's actually what Neil Armstrong was like then, I guess. A bit boring. Yeah, but I wondered if maybe a different actor... Maybe. ...was him that I might... I don't know, just... I'll go and see it. I'd happily see it, but yeah, I'm not... Possibly would. I like his haircut in it. Yeah, and it's got it um, Claire cut? Foy in it as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. not worried about that. You were talking but, about um, Michelle Williams. Yeah, 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 I'm pretty yeah. much done with Michelle Williams, but then you mentioned Ryan Gosling, and I was... Um, Another great um, Michelle Williams. Have you seen um, My Week with Marilyn? I've got it, I've got it, but... She's so good in that as Marilyn Monroe. Again, um, like, really understated. Yeah, yeah, so like I've, I've picked it up to watch. Um, but really, my, if I'm honest, she grabbed my attention in Manchester by the Sea. She grabbed everyone's attention and um, ripped their throats out. Um, and then The Great Showman, I mean, I just didn't see that coming at all. No. I'm not talking about The Greatest Showman as a film, I mean specifically her, and her singing. in it. I was astounded by what she Because her last couple have been weird, because obviously she's done Manchester by the Sea, which is a bit more what she's done, like I say, Brokeback Mountain, then Great Showman, and then she's going to be in Venom, which mm. seems very left field, a role for her. Yeah. But then I guess she's got a kid, she needs the money. That could be her taking the money so she can do the Manchester by the Seas. Yeah, maybe. Which, like we said, there's nothing wrong with actors and actresses doing such a thing. No. Okay, cool. So there's some of our favourite actresses um, that we like to go and see at the cinema. Um, I mean, a few others that I was thinking of while we were talking, and Tony Collette is probably one yeah. now that I'd be inclined to go and see. So Jennifer of Lawrence would be one. Again, yeah. possibly more for the future because well, she's still very, very young. Yeah. Um... She's got a good body of work yeah. already. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, right, so we're going to go on to some stuff now. Um, Terry's done some top fives. So I like it when we do these, where Terry does a bit of research and does some top fives, but I don't know what yeah, he's Yeah, so basically going... I do some research and I while watch Sonia watches shit. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what Terry's going to tell me, um, so I get like really excited because I normally learn new stuff. Um so I asked Terry to look at the top five Oscar-winning females of all time across all categories, because we reckon there's a lot of women hiding in the background, don't we? That's what Poss I thought. But... That's, that's what we thought, but maybe he's going to give me five actresses. Um, 
and then he's going to give us some uh, director stats. So really, Terry, I'll just leave this to you now. Yeah. Just dazzle me with your so, yeah, stats. With the Oscars, I thought, because apparently I'd heard on another podcast that editing is a something that women traditionally have done in the film industry, mainly because back when films first started, it was considered women's work because you were literally cutting and pasting and like stitching. So that was considered what a woman would do. So there's a lot of editors. So I thought there might be some editors on this list. There's not. Of the top five, five is joint with four people. But of the one to five, four of them are actresses. Okay. There's only one non-actress in the list. Okay. Who is at number one. Interesting. Yes. So... Obviously, lots of people have won multiple Oscars, so some of them it's based on how many nominations they had to win the amount of Oscars, because a lot of people have won two, but these five, pe- four people have won two Oscars from two nominations. Okay. So that's how they've made it to number five on the list. So you've got Hilary Swank, who we've yes. already mentioned. Uh, Louise Rainier, no idea who she is. Vivian Lee and Helen Hayes, they've all won two Oscars from two nominations. The others um, are all like pre-70s. Okay. They're like old school. Number four, again, has already been mentioned, Meryl Streep. Mm. She's won three Oscars off the back of 21 nominations. Bloody hell. How does she get nominated 21 times and only win three times? Because everyone says, oh, like, you're like one of the great... She's actually, I'm one of the biggest losers because I've been nominated so many yeah, times, but only yeah. won three. And that is, I think she's won two Best Actress and one Supporting Actress. Okay. Uh, number three, Ingrid Bergman. Okay. Who also has three Oscars, but from a mere seven nominations. Ooh. But again, she's an older actress, so that's more when there wasn't as many women out there, if that makes sense. Whereas now there's a lot I more competition. I feel like the categories were a bit smaller. Yes. Uh, number two, Catherine Hepburn. Mm. Uh, four from 12, and tying in with, she was obviously played by Kate Blanchett in The Aviator. Mm-hmm. And then number one, uh, a woman I'd never heard of, Edith Head, who has eight Oscars from 28 nominations for costume design. Brilliant. So I did think that costume design might yeah. be a female dominated She actually category. won two back-to-back as well. For what? I can't remember the film. Bloody We're going hell. back to like the 50s. If I was oh, writing okay. all this shit down... Okay. Uh, oh, and she's, right. just as a, a cool stat, she's actually the fourth biggest Oscar winner overall. Ah. Gender. Now that I do like that stat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walt Disney's number one. Okay. Um, but I like the fact that a lady is number four. Yeah, she's number four. Overall. So eight sounds cool, but from 28 nominations. Yeah. But she was literally getting nominated every year. Better than three out of 21, is yes. it? Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because that's, al- that's almost like one in four. Idiot. Yeah. It's almost one in four. Yeah, so that, that's your Oscar stats. So... I mean, do we want to have a chat about directors now and then go well, into the, the chatter? When you say let's talk about it, I'm not very good with it. I'm not like you. I don't. I watch films and I can barely remember the actors' <laughs> names. I I know character names. Um, so when I, for example, when I was watching Ant Man and the Wasp earlier, one of the characters we see, and I'm like, oh look, it's Morpheus. Yeah, it was Morpheus. Because asking me what his real name is, I don't fucking know. Larry Fishburne. Yeah, whatever. It's Morpheus. Um, there's. Um, no, oh, I can't remember. Um, so yeah, I d- besides I said this to you before we started. Catherine Bigelow is the, uh, probably the only female director that I could tell you about. Well, I asked Terry to come up with the top five female directors, and he struggled, which is possibly I didn't struggle. It's just 
Other than Catherine Bigelow, there's not many that I've seen a lot of films of them. Yeah, but I kind of think this highlights the fact that they're, and they've been talking about it the last couple of years at the Oscars, about the fact that there aren't that many female directors out there, or there aren't that many female directors possibly being given the opportunity yeah. to make films. So um, if you want, tell us about some female directors that you know and not know personally. Um, do you know any personally? No. Um, whose work you know and that you can maybe tell me about, but then you're going to give us some top grossing films, aren't yes. you? Yes. So obviously Catherine Bigger, I think, is the big one. She's the only Oscar-winning director who is female, uh, which she won for The Hurt Locker. Yes. Um, she's directed something else that we like. She's directed many things no, that no, we no, like. No, no, no. So, okay, you keep talking. So I was, there was something that I was surprised so by. So Point Break she directed, which a lot of people probably wouldn't guess was a female director. Keanu Reeves... Patrick Swayze. One film that I really love of hers is a film called Strange Days, which has Ralph Fiennes and what's her name, Ju- Juliette Lewis, and that's I think it's from the early nineties, and it's set at the turn of the two thousands, and it's about a serial killer who like basically sends videos of him killing people, and they've got mm-hmm. to try and track it down from that, but they've got to try and do it before the year two thousand kicks in. Um, she made Zero Dark Thirty, which again was another one that got knocked about a lot in the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, she was actually married to James Cameron at one point. Yeah, didn't you know that? Yeah. Oh. That's what I was, sa- I was just saying, she was married to James yeah, Cameron. Yeah, the way you said it was as if you were surprised. And Detroit. Oh, she directed Detroit? Yeah. Fucking hell, I thought you researched this. I researched it a bit. Um, so, yeah, so she is. I'd probably say the most well-known female director at the moment, I would yeah. have thought, say, being the director, having the director Oscar. Um, another one that I like, and this is a bit different, she has made films. She directed Tank Girl way back when. Oh, okay. But she's now more known for the TV series. She's directed a lot of Doctor Who. She directed a lot of Peter Capaldi. She directed Peter Capaldi's regeneration scene. Oh, we're not talking about Catherine Bigelow anymore? No. Oh, yeah. I'm get, I'm just... <laughs> we're moving on to... So, Sonia mocked me for my pronunciation. No, but I this didn't is mock a... you. I just said, it's is that a... right? So, her name is Rachel Talalale. So, it's T-A-L-A-L-A-Y. So, Talalale. But, yeah, so she's directed a lot of TV series. She's done some Sherlock. She's done some Doctor Who. And I just feel like some of the episodes she's directed... So the, the Capaldi regeneration scene is absolutely amazing. Really heartbreaking. So yeah, some of the films she's directed, she directed uh, Freddy's Dead and Tank Girl. Other than that, it is all TV series. But hopefully maybe on the back of Doctor Who, she can maybe get her film. If she wants to, maybe yeah. she's happy in TV because she's made odd episodes of loads of stuff. She's done The Dorm, South of Hell, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Sherlock, Doctor Who, Riverdale, The Flash, oh, American Riverdale. Gods. Because uh, Dan doesn't mention that enough. Yeah, so she's knocking about all the time. So then there's one that can we I mentioned... just Can I just interject really yep. quickly? Um, you know what I was saying? You know I had something planned on my mind about Catherine Bigelow? Yeah. Um, it was a writing credit. I talked about it on the Vampire Pod. She wrote Near Dark. Oh, it, but she directed Near Dark as well, didn't she? Um, I've got written by on here. She might have directed it as well. I'm not sure. But yeah, she was definitely involved oh, in yeah, Near Dark. Oh, yeah, directed by as well. Yeah. yeah. So she's actually been going a long time as well. Because a lot of the things you see with the female directors... They have a good film, then they have a shit film and they're dead and Hollywood won't touch them again. 67. Yeah. Very good looking for that age. Because um, it's like Patty Jenkins, she'd made Monster and then she's done nothing till Wonder Woman because she had another film that didn't do so well. Mm. And like, Hollywood seems to be a lot less forgiving towards women whose films don't perform well. 
so one that I really like again, Lynn Ramsey. So she directed uh, You Were Never Really Here. Oh, okay. And she also directed We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, I love that film. Yeah, so absolutely amazing couple of films. Both very dour, both not exactly happy-go-lucky films. Um, give a shout-out to Jennifer Kent, so she directed The Babadook. Mm. Hard to put her on a best director list because she's only directed one film. She has yeah, got another film coming one. out, but yeah, it's an absolute barnstormer. And then two films, one I've already spoiled, so we won't get the full reaction of Sonia, that I don't think you would guess were directed by women. So Mary Harron directed American Psycho. Yeah, I was so surprised a woman had directed American Psycho. And then another one, potentially you would know this, but Penelope Spheris directed Wayne's World. I did not I would know. not have called Wayne's World, especially because of the era it was made in. I mean, to, to, to a degree, I would have just expected Mike Myers to have directed that. Because it was yeah. such his baby. I don't know that I... Yeah, something like Wayne's World, I don't think I would have really thought about. But I I was surprised at American Psycho. I don't yeah. know why. Because it's so dark and disgusting. Uh, and then Nancy Myers, uh, one of the few rom-coms that I really love, Something's Gotta Give, she directed that. She's done quite a few sort of rom com type things. But that's Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. It's like yeah. a rom-com, but they're in their 70s. Yeah. And it's actually quite charming. Uh, and it does also have Keanu Reeves in it. Um, so yeah, so that's the random director talk. So then, yeah, so some stats. So would you like cumulative box office top five or top five grossing female-directed films? Uh, can I have both? Of course you can. Which would you like first? Can I have cumulative first? Cumulative. So do you want to try and guess or shall I just tell you who I they are? I think Catherine Bigelow might be number one. Would you be surprised if I told you Catherine Bigelow is not in the top five? <gasps> yes, I would, because she's the only female director I know. <laughs> so, Nancy Myers is number five. I've already forgotten what she directed. Uh, something's got to give. Okay. Uh, so, she has cumulative made $726 million. Was that one film? No, this is oh. cumulative box office, all of her films. Oh. Penny Marshall, who you might have to look up, I have no idea what she's directed. Uh, $764 million. Amy Heckling. 767 million. Betty Thomas, 776 million. And then Nora Ephron, who I have heard of. I feel like she's directed as well. Uh, directed and written, sorry, like rom com style stuff. She's made 810 million at the box office. Now, hold, tie a knot in your hanky because I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Nora Ephron was mentioned in an episode of Brooklyn, Brooklyn 99. Fucking hell. Um, she died fairly recently, so it might be because of that. No, because they were talking about um, her films. How do you spell her name? N O R. Yeah. A. Yeah. E P. Ah. Like that. Laura Ephron. Um, so. She actually wrote Harry Met when Sally. When Harry Met Sally, You've Got Mail. Yeah, that's what they were talking about. Uh, moving on. That's uh, all. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we want. So then. The top. It's no, so just but looking at those, just those two films as an example, it's yeah. no wonder that, that her top, films yeah. have grossed. Yeah, because they are huge uh, box office so films. I'll rattle through this because it's the top ten highest grossing films, and again, some of them you potentially wouldn't guess as being films. So number ten is Twilight. Is that directed by a woman? Yeah, Catherine Hardwick. Okay. Uh, number nine, Big. Oh, that's who Penny Marshall is. She directed Big. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakle, that's Betty Thomas. Amazing. So that's obviously where most of their money's come from. Wayne's World, Deep Impact, okay. was directed by a lady. Mimi Leder, 
Sleepless in Seattle, Nora Ephron. Amazing. Dr. Doolittle, Betty Thomas. Have you ever seen Sleepless in Seattle? I've been forced to endure it, yes. Oh, it's a joy. Go it, on. It's not for me. Oh, it uh, is. Dr. Doolittle, number three, What Women Want, the Mel Gibson film, directed by Nancy Myers. Number two, so this is Amy Heckling, Look Who's Talking. Oh. So that grossed in 1989, $277 million. Wow. And then number one, had no idea such by a woman, Shrek. Was directed oh, by Vicky Jensen. I love Shrek. I was talking to someone via text just earlier, and we were talking about great film soundtracks, only briefly. Um, $376 million. I said that the Shrek soundtracks were really good. Yeah, smash mouth all the way. <laughs> Don't, Dan's going to talk about that now. Um, cool. And that, that's, your, that's me out of stats for the week. That's, I'm, I'm, I like those stats. That's interesting. That's a, that the, um, like the highest grossing ones... Um, it's just it's just really interesting the mm. kind of films that are on there, but I can definitely see That's the wrong why they comedy. roast a lot. Yeah, because yeah. um, I think with Catherine Bigelow, she doesn't necessarily make what you would consider a like female a box office yeah. smash. She makes like gritty films. Like Zero Dark Thirty is a very good film, but it's like two and a half hours long, and it's it's not going to get bumped yeah. on seats like no. Sleepless in Seattle. Um, and Hurt Locker sort of didn't really do well at the cinema, was it? That was like DVD and stuff it picked up. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, I think we're just about done for episode one, don't you? I think episode one is fully cooked. Yeah. Um, but also I need a wee. And so... for a change, we're not fully cooked. Yeah. I've not had to cock my leg or take my shoes off. Oh, good God. Um, so we are going to wrap this one up and we're going to come back. Um, it's only, it's going to be mere minutes for us, but for you it'll be uh, a week. A whole week. Next week, for you guys, we'll be talking about our favourite female-led films and our favourite... Um, Oscar winners Oscar and winning a particular film that they won the for. the film that they won it for. Uh, we'll be talking about our Kex files. Yeah. And we'll pull a new subject out of the hat. Um... But for this week's episode, we're pretty much done. Terry, do you want to do the social media stuff? Yeah, so we are Theatrical Cut on the Twitter, although we don't really do a lot on Twitter. We are theat- I'm thinking about deleting Twitter off my phone. No, I, every I now and again I do it, it, but I just I forget it's there. Yeah. Instagram is our uh, post, posting of choice. One, yeah. We like the pictures, we like the hashtags, we like getting that little thing that says you've got likes and new followers. Yeah, and I like cats, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I look at a lot of cat pictures on Instagram. But yeah, I've started getting a lot of Michael Myers stuff based on people I've started following on my Instagram at the moment. Okay. Ready for Halloween. So yeah, so on there we are Theatrical Cut Pod. Uh, on there we'll post about when the new episodes are out, when we're looking for like content. So when we're looking for the female stuff, we went out on there. Uh, we are theatricalcut at gmail.com if you want to email us in. That's the best way to get in touch if you want to give us some in- input or want to ask some questions of us. Uh, the mother pod is T M T O O H. Well done, you. Is that Twitter or Instagram? That is. I think that's Instagram, Twitter. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just impressed you remembered it was T M T O O H. And there's the other one is two M T O O H. <laughs> we just need to work out which one's let's which. Actually, tell and, you. And they're on the Facebook which. as well. Oh, Too much time on our hands. Um, Such a professional outfit, aren't we? Slick as fuck. (laughs) So I've put in 
two, and the first thing that's come up is two night flavor, and it's a picture of a guy wearing very small pants. <laughs> Um, that was not what I was looking for. I'm pretty sure they're TMTOOH on the Instagram. Yeah, TMTOOH on the Instagram. 2MTOOH on the Twitter. On the sphere. Twitter. Um, they don't have an email. Well, they do, but they don't look at it. No. And they're on the Facebook. They're on the Facebook. You know how Facebook works. Um, They've also just done a great episode about th- fan theories within films. I have not managed to listen to that one yet. But they ramble a little bit about the Disney one, but there's there's some cool stuff in there. I've not finished it, so I don't know if the ones that I put forward have made it in there or not. Okay. I'm assuming one of them has because he used it as the picture. Um, but yeah, are we done, Son? We're done. Mike, drop.